Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast, a place where style and sustainability meet. My name is Monica Diaz, and I am your host and a sustainable style coach and consultant and owner of Monica Diaz Mode. I started this podcast to educate myself more and actually to educate others about sustainable fashion and a sustainable lifestyle. I will bring some tips and tricks on how to take those first steps, those baby steps towards sustainability to make it easy and lasting because it is those little steps, the baby steps that make a huge difference towards a more sustainable future. But my favorite part of this podcast is that I get to bring to you, to introduce to you brands that are leading the way towards sustainability and doing it with a lot of style. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Laura Kalias. She is owner and founder of Suburban Revival. Laura's vision is to show how what's been inherited or collected over time can still be relevant for today. She likes to say a vintage piece will always add interest to your look and or your surroundings. A one of a kind and unique statement that will have everyone asking, where did you get that? And your reply, it's vintage. How are you, Laura? I'm good. I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you too. It's been such a long time. And today I want you to start to introduce yourself by telling us your story. How did Suburban Revival start? Okay, well, <laughs> where do I start? So it started as um, an end to the means. I worked in the fashion industry. So that's how we got to know each other. That's right. It was in um, design and um, working with all the fa um, fashion designers, working on fabric sourcing and um, over 20 years, let's see, really over 20 years. And yeah. I, it has started to change. So as from, you know, when I started yep. in my twenties till whatever, I'm not gonna say my age. Yeah, that's not, no, no, no telling of age. <laughs> as time went on. As time passed. <laughs> there was a lot of changes in the industry. So Lots. And, um, I um, realized I needed a change. You know, I was right. um, ready to move on. Um, it really just wasn't as fun anymore. So mm -hmm. I've always been surrounded by vintage. So to go back into the, to my childhood. Let's do that. Yeah. And I just thought of this the other day. I was like, okay, I read somewhere once, um, what we did as a child, how we played. Yes. Really our passion and like what, and I was like, you know what, here I am in a store in a boutique. And yeah. I was a little girl. I used to play in my mom's closet, uh, not a closet, her bedroom, uh -huh. my store. And right. I always emphasized that the bureau would be part of the store and the closet was part of the store and I would show my customers. <laughs> so that's kind of how my boutique is right now. It's homey, you know, and then right. a lot of people that come in say how homey it is. And I actually have pieces from my mother's home in the store. Wow. So it's just, um, so that's how I grew up. I've always grown up around vintage mm -hmm. heirlooms. Mm -hmm. um, just how my you know my mom was and how I was raised so I never really thought of it as sustainable but it's <laughs> but I don't think anybody did at that time I don't think there was that word you know part of life. Was, and, and no I, and I've always even how I dressed you know even as a kid I would repurpose things or I see something in a 17 magazine I'd be like oh I can do that with a you know back then the the um 
like a lacy collar like I'm wearing today. This is very right. much I love those. So if I took like, and my mom wasn't too happy, but I'd go into her linen drawer and uh-huh. pull out, you know, some lacy something. And it's like, oh, I can, you know, do the same thing with, you know, so it was just kind of in me, like right. all along. So and I did get into the fashion industry and that was great and fun years. And then I, after that, I, um, in between, I should say, I worked right. in a vintage store in Montclair that okay. my mom was associated with. She worked there for many years. It was my inheritance in Upper Montclair. Okay. And so I used to help with the windows there on weekends or I'd help out. So I was in that atmosphere and I knew mm-hmm. of vintage type stores. Mm-hmm. And um, after I decided to stop going, you know, I wanted to leave the industry. I said, why not just try this? You know, it's something that's I'm passionate about. And I should preface it that working in design we're always around vintage as well because it's cyclical and that's right fashion um designers were always looked for inspiration and i'm sure still do to the past and so much and and it was so much more looking to the past i think at those times i think that was part of what changed in the industry as well i think it was always um going to uh Europe and, and, and looking through vintage shops there and going, you know, that was the fun part, right? Right. Yeah. Now we had vendors that came to us with vintage swatches just That's to right. for prints and, and textiles, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. That that you get so inspired by and you just kind of reconfigure, do something else with it. Yeah. Exactly. It's it just re, it's a cycle, but it um comes back with a twist. You know, it's always That's right. A little front, yeah. And how do you think, um, oh, first of all, how did Suburban Revival become the name of the shop? Okay, well, that's another story. Yeah. So <laughs> before I really decided to go into the vintage boutique, um, I thought I always loved decorating. And okay. I find a, lot, um, a lot of home and home staging was big a few years ago. And if now I think it's blown up. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, and my husband was doing real estate part time. So I said, maybe I'll start doing home staging or decorating and and I came up with the name because I have a book on Cape Mm -hmm. Cods and I happen to live in a Cape Cod and reading the book there was a blurb about um, the suburban revival so these are like well 19 pre-war 1940s homes and I just love the name and I I love that so it kind of was going towards my decorating but then Mm -hmm. I kept it because I did have an Etsy shop where I sell vintage on also Okay. And I had that name established. And I said, well, I think it still works. It's a revival of your wardrobe. Absolutely. It, it works <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I think now that you say that you, that you started, you know, helping out with staging and things like that, I always find that, you know, any form of design, and especially when we're talking about, you know, your decor and then your fashion, it always really does mesh and blend with each other, doesn't it? I mean, you're surrounded, just like you said, you were you were brought up in a home that was surrounded by antiques and you loved vintage clothes. It's always one is the reflection of the other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And merchandise, visual merchandising is something that I'm, I love to do. I mean, you know, it's something that's instilled in me. Right. right. And, it, and did you start this um, shop on your own, Laura? Were you like, that? that's it? I'm, I'm doing this on my own? I did, yes. <laughs> How scary was that? How you know, and I, I never think of myself as being that uh, brave or whatever. 
And then people say, you know, you really, I'm like, yeah, I guess. I'm like, <laughs> right. It just became natural to you, right? Did the Etsy shop come first? Uh, I had an Etsy shop. It actually started out more as a hobby because again, my mom, um, she moved in with me probably mm -hmm. right around the time that I left. Um, you know, I was out of Jones, New York for right. 20 something years. Um, and then at that time she, um, she came here to live and we just had to like, she had so much, I couldn't fit it all in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> I started an Etsy shop because I had, she had so many, you know, right. You know, vintage pieces, you know, like antique, you know, right. Nicknames, I want to say whatever, but collectibles. And, um, yeah, so, and she helps out at the store. She's great. So it's, it worked, it all worked out. That's amazing. So really it all started just because you decided you were going to sell some of the vintage pieces that your mom had little by little that you, you get this Etsy shop. Then at what point do you start adding fashion into that Etsy shop? I think around the time that I started um, helping out more at the boutique she was working at in Montclair. Okay. okay. Um, and I was actually helping um, her name is Carrie. It was my inheritance. She's now retired and moved to Arizona, but uh -huh. she, um, I was helping her cause she you know, wanted to have an online presence and right. helping her a bit with trying to get a website going and an online shop and this and that. And so I don't know, I guess I started to add to my own right. shop at the time pieces that I was acquiring or, you know, I can't remember. But. <laughs> Did you have like a closet full of things that you had? Like, are, are you that kind of person that has like boxes full of stuff at, at home that you were like, oh, I'm just going to uh, keep this here. No, I think, think it's, I'm, 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 it's funny that you're asking me because I'm like, I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I think right. I did start with her shop. And um, then when she left, I probably acquired quite a few pieces from her shop. And, you know, then I started to learn how you shop for pieces like right. um, estate sales or, you know, just you know, when she had people come to her, which I do now also, like nice. the shop, people will call me and bring me things or I'll go and make a house call and see what they have. And right. So how do you determine what's in your shop? Um, what do you mean? How do I determine what's in my shop? Like, how do you decide, uh, yes, this is something oh. that, I want to, that I want to keep in the shop that I want to sell, as opposed to this is not really, you know, doesn't fit. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's all my eye. And that's what I tell people. I say, you know, I'm very selective in what I choose. I don't take just anything. It's so it's a curated shop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I try to, I, I do some, I do look at trends, what's going on in the world. Okay. And, and I always feel uh, there are pieces that you can emulate those looks with. You that's know, right. It's something with um, leathers big now. So there was a runway shot. I want, I want to say, um, sure who it was <laughs> could have been Isabel Romero but um it was all leather you know black right. leather, all very 80s looking so I have the the same look in the store so right I most anything together. like that you probably could put together like you said like when you were looking at 17 magazine you're like wait I could do that exactly like I can I can put that together I remember I used to um look at 17 all the time as well and um I don't know if you remember um downtown in in the village there was a um i think it's still there the antique boutique hmm. but wow. at but at that time the antique boutique was like the place to go in the village to yeah. find anything that you wanted to and it was like mostly anyone that was i think in fashion at fit or whatever it was we, we shopped there all the time because 
you could put those looks together with like, you know, half the price. Exactly. And, and it's something to talk about, like, is when did vintage start? Like it started really in like the seventies, eighties, because if anything, vintage is 20 years or older. That's right. right. That's right. right. Now, the 1990s are considered vintage. vintage. <laughs> so 20 years from now, what's going to be vintage? Right. Whatever we've, whatever is designed here. And Laura, what is the difference between a vintage shop and a thrift shop? So that's something that I, I try to tell people when they come in, because I, you know, it's, it's generational, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm younger generation, but thrifting is big now. And yes. that's like, you can go to Goodwill, that would be thrifting, you know, a Salvation Army, that would be thrifting. Okay. So there are, and there are thrift shops. However, I don't consider myself a thrift shop. It's a curated vintage boutique with a mix of yesterday and today. So mm -hmm. I also bring in pieces from women of, you know, gently used clothing that they no longer fit into or no longer want. So kind of like a consignment. I do do some consignment. So I have pieces like that that are in the mix. So it's just putting it all together. Right. And thrifting is, it could be something that, you know, someone discarded from Target and got it, got a great buy on it, which Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong I don't with that. No. In from fast fashion type stores, you know, I don't take right. in Target or Kohl's or you know, I find pieces that were well made, that are unique, that have some type of beautiful craftsmanship to it or art to it, and you're getting a unique find that's kind of timeless. So. Yeah, I completely understand now what the difference is between the two of them. And now there's a big thing also, like it's, it's thrifting, it's vintage, it's resale. So there's so many different formats now of what really is, you know, just right. repurposing your clothes, right? But there are different segments within that umbrella. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So How do my, you, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say my, in my umbrella, like I just kind of spoke to was, I have vintage, but I also have newer, you know, selected pieces that are, and then, you know, again, when designer you pieces, permanent, no. I, I make sure everything's clean, you know, it's, there's no issues to them, no damages and all that type of thing. Right. And mostly, Laura, would, would we be right to assume that most of the things that you take in that are new are going to be designer pieces, pieces that you, that you see that future will be vintage. Um, they could be, I mean, okay. definitely labels. I mean, everybody loves a Louis Vuitton and a Gucci, right. and but um, yeah, but there could be a great designer. Oh, I don't know, like Donna Karen. When I have pieces from her from the nineties, I'm trying to think of a newer designer that 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 would be oh, Mark Jacobs probably exactly okay Mark Jacobs mm -hmm. yeah of course a mm -hmm. piece like that I just um, acquired a a beautiful and it was Gwen, St Gwen Stefani lamb the lamb yeah mm -hmm. coat it's a beautiful camel wool coat you know right so yeah but but I do I mean I I can't say that I don't have something from maybe an anthropology or a free people I will. If it has my vibe, I guess. Right. That I, okay. That I mm -hmm. love. I'll bring it in. So You'll bring I have it in because it like fits the story. And you know, modern, and it's all kind of a big mix. Nice, nice. Now, how do you think 
I mean, nowadays, it is a big thing of talking about sustainability. It is something that, you know, the younger generation, what is Generation Z is really talking about a lot more. Um, what do you see sustainable fashion being? Well, again, like I feel it's something that I've always myself have done and not mm -hmm. knowingly that I was being sustainable, but I've never been one to worry about wearing something twice, maybe even in the same week or whatever. Right. Like I would always get dressed for work and try to wear something every day, new probably, but I would wear it again the following week and I would, <laughs> but I would change right. it up. You know, it's right. how you put it together and what, how you wear it. And um, I'm sorry, I don't want to digress from the question. What, what? No, no, not at all. I was, you know, we, we're talking about how we see sustainable fashion and right. the other, you know, what sustainability in, in fashion is. And I think one of the things we were speaking um, before was the difference between like the, the many different facets that there are in sustainability in fashion. One of them being that we were speaking about the, the, the end that we used to work in, which was mm -hmm. production. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, go on with that. That's well. So, let's do that. Let's 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 talk a little bit about that, and then go into this part of fashion that you're in, which is, you know, resale and vintage and everything else. So let's talk about um, what you see as sustainability in the production end of it. Well, I can tell it in stories because I um, do that. I love stories. <laughs> I can remember sitting in meetings, our weekly meetings with the buyers and the the. Yeah. Um, sales team right mm -hmm. and always would be how come this isn't selling and why isn't this selling and I would sit there and think do you guys go into a department store <laughs> and see how much is out there yeah of the same thing yeah like why do you think you know right like, yeah like I was going I, I commuted into New York but I lived in New Jersey so I'd go to the Macy's here into the Lord and you know and I'm like right guys, you know, it's like, there's only so much of the same out there. So I think right. the mass production yeah. that we have seen, mm -hmm. fast fashion, it, it just had to, where was it going to go? It would just explode. So it's, it's, it, it's so funny that you say that, Laura, I think I, I mentioned this in another um, episode of the podcast. Um, I realized the same exact thing that you did at one point, you know, we were both working in that industry around the same time. And, you know, there was a time, you know, when I was always in, in better textiles, right? It was always like the more expensive mills, the European mills. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, and, and their minimums were lower. I mean, they were more expensive than lower. Well, yeah, that's exactly. And then all of, a, yeah, all of a sudden it shifted where everybody was going to cheaper goods and the minimums were so huge. And I thought, who can wear that much clothes? Like, how could you go to that point? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. And I think you and I were both right. It just, there is no, there is no way that <laughs> that much yeah. clothing can be worn. Yeah. And then the quality wasn't made to last. Just like right. a lot of things today, like our own appliances. <laughs> but when I was, I worked, you know, back in, we were working with Italian mills and all That's the- right beautiful fabrics. And then I see, I saw the change from there where we had, we actually had, I bought from Burlington Mills in the Carolinas. So oh, was, I designed for Burlington at one okay. point. <laughs> so I was in Worcester. I mean, we had Worcester the U.S. Enforcement Industries. I worked for Forceman. 
enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we saw the change. It went from that to I was at Lee and Fung at my last job, right. one of my last jobs, and it was all sourced out. And that's and I had to look for two dollar yard fabric. I'm like, what can you make? I we made something happen out of it, but it, it was Absolutely. like two dollar yard fabric. That's that's right. And I think now we're seeing that we're seeing like, look what happened. I mean, we we set ourselves up for this, right? Mm -hmm. To be you know the industry, the second most. Oh, what, what's the right word? But the industry that causes climate change, we are the second biggest industry that causes climate change. And we're looking at it because of one, overproduction, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's no way and that we've got to reverse that, you know? And of course, the way things are made, you know, chemicals and everything else to do yeah. any of these, of these fabrics that are $2 a yard, but do not biodegrade. Right, There's, it's all synthetic. And I, now synthetic started, right? I mean, you would know probably better in being in textiles that maybe the 70s. I mean, I- That's right, it was the 70s. Now, I guess I just went to a home. The woman had all beautiful blouses, but they were all made out of polyester. And so it started in the 70s, I think. The yeah. Synthetic. So yeah. are we, sorry, my phone's ringing. If we were ever to go back to, um, you know, the 50s <laughs> and you know, when we had natural fiber, we had, worsted wools, we had cotton, we had linens, you know, it was all natural fabrics and That's right. I mean, fibers. And I don't know, I hope it'll go back to that. So, I hope so too. Uh, you know, I feel like it will. I think that there is something to be said about um, what is now recycled polyester. I know a lot of people are talking about that a lot. And it's because, you know, it's better than putting it in a landfill, what do you do with this now? Let's reuse it. So it's not about creating new, but reusing what's old, you know, exactly. again, which is kind of what we're doing with vintage clothing, right? It's not right. about buying something new, but let's use what we have here now to its full potential, mm -hmm. to its yeah. full potential. Exactly. You know, and I think that that's really beautiful. I'm um, so stuck on the whole fiber thing because it would bring me back to those days. And I'm like, <laughs> I just have to say this because it's, it's, it was fun. It's funny to me now. Uh -huh. When I worked with a lot of the Italian mills, we had um, who I called and, you know, another good friend of ours, the fabric police, you know. Yes. <laughs> and I would be we'd like, OK, well, it has this much wool and this much this and it has 5% other. Oh, no, okay. we can't or have OF. OF. <laughs> oh, and then, and then people will say, well, what's the other? And I asked the, the Italian mill and they're like, oh, that's just the scraps on the floor. And, this that's and, right. and I was like, now, guess what? That's sustainable. <laughs> now, guess what, Laura? All, there is a whole movement going on in, in Prato, which is wh where they make a lot of the less expensive goods in, in, in Italy. There's a whole movement going on where all this OF, the whole other fibers, the sweeping of this, they are making all new collections now. Oh, through the pandemic, they decided that, hey, we need to um, move forward. Think about what is it that we're doing? What, 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 could, what do we do best? And what did we do wrong? And I'm so glad that they did this because the Italians, what they do, yes, yes, because what they do do best is beautiful fabrics and actually having these technicians that know how to create these things. So they're creating all collections out of OF, other fibers. 
<laughs> and you just made me think another topic would be that transfers into clothing. Like that's right. Now putting together different pieces of clothing and making a new look. Like you take, right. I mean, I don't know, Urban Outfitters does it. They take mm -hmm. a flannel shirt and put a, th a thermal sleeve with it or. You that's know, right. Um, well, that, that is also another part of sustainability that it's happening now. We're, we're sticking with, with the whole aspect of, of textiles at the moment, but where some designers are actually just reusing, you know, their fabric leftovers from collections past. And this started happening again during the pandemic because why we couldn't get anything that was shipping in, right? So yeah. they had to use what they had. Right. And, just recreating and turning things into something else. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing that during the pandemic. I was taking the whole, everybody was wearing their sweats and tie dyes. So I said, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I jumped in the tie dye bandwagon, <laughs> <to> <laughs> some, um, you know, thrifted or whatever. We can say thrifting. So when you thrift, right. sometimes um, you can bring in like a thrifted t shirt or whatever and make it your own tie dye, which I want to bring this up too is um, in my store. Mm -hmm that same um, tone, I bring in designers local that do just that. So I have, I'm gonna mention Vintage Vibe Tribe. So she does appliques, um, like let's say the Rolling Stones, Sticky Finger. Right. Um, <laughs> on the back of um, thrifted military camo jackets. And Love that. flannel shirts. She does that whole look. And I have a um, artist who's been painting on um, vegan and leather bags and leather goods or vegan goods. Right. And her name is 16 Sisters. Um, and then I have, oh, this fabulous, she's a teacher by day, but she's uh -huh. a cobbler. She makes shoes. Oh, I love that. Sustainable shoes. Um, and she's JB Shoes. Okay. And then I have a, a young lady um, that worked that lives in town and she does all this beautiful bohemian beading um, jewelry that yeah. I have in the store. So I'm always looking for creatives that are, that want to maybe put things in my store and it's part of the whole repurpose. <laughs> you know, Laura, I, there's so many things that, that attracted me to um, the sustainable platform. And one of them is the collaboration that I see continuously between mm -hmm brands and between people and between creators. And that is so um, exciting to me. Yeah. And, and just so like, it's a community, you know, I feel like every time I have somebody here, they're always talking about somebody else that they collaborated with somebody else that they bring in, you know, I think about, you know, starting this podcast, it wasn't about me, it was about you guys. It's about like, I want everybody to know about them. And I think that is something that is so wonderful about what the sustainable market is right now. Yes, exactly. And the future of- And the future. Happening. Yeah, hopefully. That's hopefully, right? Hopefully. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that we all have this hope, you know, mm -hmm. that we are creative enough to bring a change in and reverse climate change mm -hmm. and that we're gonna do our part to make it happen while people still are wearing clothes. Cause you know how there's this whole big thing now where it's like, no, you can't shop, you can't do anything, but you've just shown us different ways that people actually create new. 
and exactly. can make something else. And I, and that's one of the things like, you know, everything is stuck out in the ocean, but my store is filled with merchandise because it didn't come from overseas. It's all from here. Someplace. Right. Right. And there's always a really, you know, I, I say this as well. It's like, you do not have to have, you could be that person that buys everything vintage. And I think that's like amazing, you know, but you could also be that person that buys some pieces that are vintage and some pieces that are new brands that are sustainable. And, you know, and maybe because most designer brands are in the already category that is mostly sustainable because they're making it a certain way, they're using certain fabrics, you know, and everything else. It's a combination of all of that could be your wardrobe. Right. Yes, exactly. It's and, I'm, and one of my our catchphrases is and that's from my mother is you can just wear it with confidence. That's what she said. Wear absolutely. It, wear it with confidence. Yeah. I love that. I think that's absolutely right. You know, mm. you you want to wear your clothes, not your clothes wear you. Mm, exactly. So you want to shine through with with what you're doing. Like create your own style. Like just don't follow a trend and just you know. And I asked, there's another, because you were, I was thinking about what I was going to say today. Yeah. One of the, um, I just came up with this line the other day, because one of the things I love is when a woman, or it could be a man, but a woman mostly. Yeah. Sure. I do have, I, like I said, when they say, do I have men's, it's so tiny right now. I have unisex pieces. I could be for both. Right Got now. it. But um, if I had the space, but in any case, if someone comes in and then I say, well, you, and they find something that I may have had for. And it's vintage, right? So it never gets old or goes away. Right. I may have had it for like a year or more. All of a sudden that one person finds it. But then I said, you know what? It's not, you're not finding the item. That item finds you. Oh, I like that. Because it speaks to them. Like, it's like, and it's like, it makes me so happy when I, when that, whatever it is. That, that magic, that click happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It is cool. You know, it's funny. I, I always, um, I tend to go into shops, you know, vintage shops, thrift shops, and it's weird. There, you're absolutely right. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh God, I really, I remember like I, I, I go to Colette over at, in, um, in Southampton sometimes when I'm visiting a friend. And I remember one time I was like, I really need a pair of black boots. Like I really would love to get like a pair of black boots that are just like, you know, easy and what, I find a pair of Stuart Weitzman, you know, boots that are like black, pull up suede. They were perfect. And I, and I remember thinking, I want to spend less than this amount. And it was exactly it. It's like, it's like you said, it's like this magic moment where you're like, whoa, how did that show up? (laughs) Exactly. And I'm not letting it go. I'm not letting it go. (laughs) No, when you, and that's the thing too, when you see it, it's only one of a kind, so don't pass it up. That's <laughs> I, what, my regret. One of my biggest regrets in 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 um, vintage shop was I went to visit a friend in Boca, and I go into this shop with my mom, and I see this Louis Vuitton duffel bag. Hmm. Oh my god! It was like I swear to you, Laura. It was like I think she was selling it for like three hundred dollars, and it was brand new. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to think about it. And then she's like, don't think about it too long. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to go get lunch and I'll come right back. I came back. It was gone. It was gone. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, yeah, that's I've had that happen in the store too. Yeah, where someone saw a pair of boots and she's like, well, and then she came back. I'm like, no, they sold. <laughs> they sold. It's like sometimes they probably think like she just wants to sell it. You're like, no, I know it's a good piece. I know it's gonna go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I see that I love. Tell me, what were you gonna say? No, I said that happens more than you think. That, was- that happens more than I think. I bet it does. Within the store, yeah. <laughs> I see that on your Instagram. I love how you have like just videos and um, d- different little clips on on you merchandising yeah. and, and putting outfits together. I might be doing that today. I have to change my window. Oh, really? Awesome. Tell me, how do you find that people will buy the outfit that you've just put together? Um, yeah, they've had my, my windows um, have really draw people in, which I should bring this up. Um, I'm going to be moving soon. Yes, please tell us about that. Um, just down the road, because right now my little shop, it's an, it's an old building. Um, it's, and it's off the beaten path, I say, because it's on the um, not so busy side of our main street in town. Mm-hmm. But it does have great windows and it does have access to people driving by. So mm-hmm. That's one of the advantages. And so what people do say, oh, I've been meaning to stop in here. I saw your window, la, la, la. So yes, I've had people ask me about, you know, an outfit I have in the window and, um, or on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. of course I DM me and all that. But again, the, the only challenge I would say with vintage is size, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. Right size. So that because it is that I don't have, you know, multiple sizes in that one piece. But yes, I'm going to be moving. Um, just down the road. It could be any, I sometimes saying any week now. I'm not sure. I'm hoping before Christmas, but we'll I think see. that happens to everyone that moves. Yep. Yeah. So it's a little daunting, but it, but yeah, but it's, um, it'll be good. It's a good thing. So. Is it a bigger shop? It's yes. I'll have more space and I'll have more foot traffic. Beautiful. So. How are the windows? And the window is a corner store. So that's a oh, good, beautiful. Thing. Yeah. Like, with um, you know, Florida ceiling windows. Nice. So it doesn't have the same. If you saw my net shop now, it's very vintagey. Charm. I saw. Yep. This is a more modern, but that's fine. It'll, you know, I'm gonna charm it up <laughs> the way I do. Yes, you are. You're gonna stage it, merchandise it beautifully. I'm sure. I'm sure. How? What role does Instagram play in your business? Oh, what does it play? Well, I, that's something I had to like really up my Instagram game during. The COVID because yeah. it was closed. Um, and people would ask, like, I guess I survived because A, because everybody was home and walking by. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm off the being path. So, mm-hmm. you know, people, um, a chance to find me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then upping my Instagram game, I guess you want to say. I noticed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and then now it's, it's a full-time job. I mean, it really is. So I'm looking to get help. I have, when I can get a young um, model in, or I don't know, really young, I have, we have all different ages. Right. Um, that will help me out. And usually friends, you know, and so, yeah. you know, and someone to help me put things online. So I really don't, I know a lot of people sell off of Instagram. I yeah. haven't done that much, but it, hopefully it directs them to my website where they can link onto my Etsy shop or. Um... Yeah, which makes it a lot easier for them just yeah. to go in and shop. You know, we, we just 
uh, spoke, touched a little bit upon sizing in vintage. And I think that's a great thing to think about right now because most people are probably going to buy your things on Etsy or they're going to like, you know, look at something and, you know, they might be in the city and they don't want to go over, you know, um, to Maywood or, you know. Right. They have so many, or they're even in another state. How do you determine the right sizing? Because size is 20, 30. Oh yeah, different. Very different. Yeah. So Very yeah. Different. So vintage. When people come in, I first thing I have to tell them when they're looking at the racks is don't if it's vintage. And now I think true vintage is going to become a term. When I say true vintage, anything from the seventies or eighties and older. Yeah. You can't go by the size. I said because our sizes, vanity sizing, and all that has changed. So yeah. a six, a size six today was probably like a twelve back in. I don't know, 60s, 70s. 60s, 70s, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, my mother had things and they were like, my mother was like this and it's like a size, tiny. And she was like a size 12, but it's like a zero. So in any case, yeah, so I have to let people know that. So when I do, so of course I say, you have to, you know, try it on. I kind of can eyeball and gauge whether or not it would fit the person. Right. Um, But when they're buying online, I have to put all the measurements in. So it's always, and a lot of vintage shoppers that do shop, they know that. So they, you have to really, you have to go by the measurements to make right. sure everything fits. But when it's, they're physically in the store, it's really a matter of, you know, you got to try it on and see how and it works. <laughs> right now, what is one of your favorite pieces that's in your store? Oh boy, I just, well, I just got in this, um, and actually my, one of my last Instagram, my last two Instagram posts is my model wearing it. Uh-huh. It's Wengeli. And I remember familiar with Wengeli um, knits. That was like a real seventies. No, I'm not familiar. Like with a sparkly. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. And that was a brand Wengeli. And I got this authentic Wengeli. Uh-huh. And it's a mauve, which that mauve color is so. I love that. Right now. I, you know, and I, and I go into store, I go into anthropology. I went in the other day, or I don't know, one of the, one of the boutiques of yeah. and that same fabric and look is out there. So yeah. I'm like, would you rather have a, an authentic? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I have that now. And I think that might be going in the window. So when I do my window tonight, I'll, um, nice. And what's your favorite era? Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm split between the 40s and the 20s, I would say. Mm. I love um, Art Deco and Nouveau and all that. And then I'm also a big 40, a fan of the 40s and their prints and textiles. Me too. What do you you see is the era that this generation is mostly attracted to? Oh, right now it's all about, believe it or not, 90s and Y2K is like the... Isn't that funny? Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the whole thing with friends being such a big, mm-hmm. you know, a big show that's out there now that a lot of the younger, you know, the Z generation is really into friends, you know, and right. that's all 90s, right? And, 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 and Y2K. And Y2K. Right? And, now, and now with Sex in the City having a comeback. That's true. That's right. Her whole um, look which is fun. So I like that because she has a very eclectic look. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Something. She has a look that actually does work with vintage that oh, really yeah. could be things put together that are just, you know, fabulous that way. Exactly. Yeah. 
have fun. Tell me a little bit about what you see the role of um, style and sustainability, meaning like we talked about the fact that vintage could be, you know, stylish. Um, what about any of the new brands that you're seeing? Because a lot of the times people think, oh, sustainability is all only about like these um, drab, no color kind of collections. Mm -hmm. How do you see it? Well, yeah, that, so, you know, when you say the drab and no color, that's the, the newer designers challenge right now, right? And making yeah. sustainable. Um, but with vintage, it's definitely never going to be boring because it's all beautiful. I mean, I, I have an eye for that. I always go towards color and mm. And so, mixing color and prints. Mixing color and print, exactly. Yeah, so it's definitely never going to be boring or not not full of color. No. <laughs> you, want it to be. you could always take a neutral piece. Of course, I think that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? I think a lot of the times, and that's one of the things that I, I just remember um, a lot of people saying like, oh yeah, but sustainable is all about like, you know, just like burlap and like, you know, things that are really boring. And I'm realizing that, um, there's this perception about it being that way, but right. yeah. with the brands that I'm interviewing with people like you, even that have, you know, um, vintage shops, there's so many ways of doing sustainable style. Exactly. Like that's what we were saying earlier. Like it's, it's, there's different aspects to what sustainable is considered, you know, yeah. with that one being how we are making our clothes going forward, mm -hmm. as opposed to here, you're reusing what's already been made and was made sustainably back then, <laughs> you know? Yeah. a lot of my coats, let's say. I have a beautiful Harvey Bernard. Remember Harvey Bernard? Of course coat. I remember Harvey Bernard. Oh my God, I used to have a coat from there. <laughs> exactly. So it's a beautiful 100% wool coat, you know? That, yeah. That's timeless. Remember know? Larry Levine? Yeah. They made great coats too. Exactly. <laughs> We're dating ourselves, everyone. That's- <laughs> I know. That's what we do. No, but, but just so that anyone out there that is of a younger generation, if you see a coat like that, it's usually a really good coat and you know, it, it will keep you warm and it will last for a long time. If it wasn't made here, it was made in Italy or someplace else. Like, That's right. Where it was taking the time and actually putting it together and there were different, you know, uh, restrictions. Um, to like, if you want, want to talk about pricing, but Let's the talk value. about pricing. Let's talk about that. I think that's if important. The value to pieces like that, as opposed to if you were thrifting, you know. So now, of course, right. you if you wanted yourself to go to Goodwill, you might happen upon a beautiful Harvey Bernard car. Absolutely. If you are the person that's doing that, that's great. You know, but right. when you're coming to my store, I'm doing that for you. You know, I've already curated. I maybe had it dry cleaned. It's it's ready. Like, yeah, so with the price, of course, is going to be a little higher than what you would find if you actually went yourself to Goodwill. You know, and I use Goodwill only as a well. It is one of the things that people do, you know, that which is amazing. I think it's great, but I think you're absolutely right. It takes a long time to look through something through you know, a thrift shop and find something that you really like and that is going to be quality like you want it to. And I think what you're saying is 
you've already done that. It's such a beautiful, you've, you've, you're the person that has already gone through all of this stuff yeah. <laughs> to actually, you know, cull through all of the no's and put only the yeses in the, in the shop. And I think that is something that takes a lot of time and it takes an eye that not everybody has. Right. And I try to, you know, like we said, try to show people how they can put it together and yeah, exactly. Awesome. Like I said, the cleaning it and the fixing and mending if it needs it, you know, it's all. You know what, let's talk about now that you said that too, cleaning and mending. That's mm -hmm. the two things that I think when you are doing vintage, you probably know a lot about, okay, how to maintain your pieces. That's another part of being sustainable, right? It is about maintenance. You know, it's about how do we wash things and how do we repair them? What are some tips that you can give us on um, taking care of your clothes? Plastic is your enemy. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Never Tell us why. You know, I mean, even the dry cleaners will bring, send you things back and don't keep it in plastic. Mm -hmm. um, I know, and I know a lot of people don't wear, wear by fur anymore, but definitely never fur. You always store it in a cool cloth, dust covers, you know, things like that. Um, Why is plastic the enemy, Laura? Explain. Well, I, guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't know technically, but I think whatever the synthetic of the plastic, it, it almost adds like a humidity to it. Say, it doesn't, it, because it, it's poreless, poor. But it doesn't no pores. The, actually, there is no, so it, it keeps that moisture and it makes it wet, probably moldy, right? At one point. I do that, yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, I, that's one thing too, is where you store things, of course. Like I, okay, it's a shame because I'll come across a home where people had things in their, whether their attic or their basement. If it's in the basement, you're going to have mold and mildew. Right. And it's going to be not worth anything or they'll be stored in an attic, not well stored in dust and moths and whatever. So again, again value goes down. So never ever a basement because there's way too much. No, not unless you have it where it's dry and you can keep it um, yeah, in a dry place, always dry. Um, okay. Yeah. And um, and one of the things I learned actually working at the boutique in Montclair, because um, a lot of bags, like designer bags, let's say, when you do, you'll have a dust bag, or whatever, always make sure your the handle, let's say, of the bag isn't pressing against the leather because it'll cause a dent like, or a chain on a bag. Mm -hmm. So always keep that away from the body of the bag because you're going to cause a den and always, you know, of course it's always good to keep your bags stuffed. And um, I would say the same for shoes, you know, you don't like anything else. You don't want it all crumbled up in your closet and it's right. gonna- Right. You know, I think and, I'm guilty of crumbling up things sometimes, especially oh, bags, yeah. especially bags. And you just said that because I, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I never thought about the handle that sometimes actually does fall down or actually stuffing them sometimes. I do keep them in their bags, but I, I'm guilty in not doing the correct storage on some of this. That's why I'm interested in finding out some of the things that you have to say. How about, you know, a lot of the times people think that they can't, they, they send a lot of things to the dry cleaners. Hmm. Oh, right, yeah. Which, what would you be your recommendation of, let's talk about sweaters. Like how would you recommend washing sweaters? Well, I would dry clean, I mean, Personally, okay. I still dry clean wool sweaters. I think they would, I don't know if there's a way, I'm sure there is a way, but 
probably be very time consuming. <laughs> I think lot. it is time consuming. You yeah, have I... to block it out. You know, you have yes, to you do. Shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what type of sweater you're wearing, like I one I'm wearing right now. Yeah, which is by actually this was something I bought on resale. I know I'm not, I'm not really being photographed, but no, no, a, but that's okay. It's a beautiful sweater. Cezanne, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. She's a Parisian. Um, oh, Cezanne, yes. Oh, I love Cezanne. But it feels like it's a um, it's a blend. But anyway, yeah. I would probably, uh, for one thing I do do is sometimes I'll go in my own dryer with, they sell, um, Dryel as one of the products. That's right. You do your own dryer. Or you can take one of those, um, those softener fabric things that you put in the dryer yep. and wet it and let it tumble around. Sometimes that just refreshes it. Yeah. But I do, I mean, if I, if it's washable, if I get vintage pieces that need to be, I'll hand wash them, cold yeah. water, you know, and yeah. I always recommend for my clients to, um, one of the things that I like to do to refresh any sort of, um, coat or suit or even a sweater because you you know the europeans don't wash their clothing as much as we do you know because you really don't need to wash them that much that's another yeah Yeah, you really don't and one of the things i i recommend is you know to take uh something like a fabrice and a steamer and kind of like just refresh it with a steamer and the you know, and, and the Fabrice or anything else. So you could do like a rose water if you want it to not to have any synthetic or anything like that. Just sort of like to bring it back to life to give it a little bit more of a, of a scent, you know, mm-hmm. and just not have to wash it constantly. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point that you had. Cause I'm, I'm one, I've always been one of those people. I don't, I mean, not dirty. I don't wash no. it. No. <laughs> Especially like I'm wearing the sweater with a blouse under it. You know, it's not. Which was why if we, (laughs) if we go back to why people wear, um, you know, again, in fashion history and, and how even lingerie has changed in many ways, you know, before everyone used to wear undergarments, Mm -hmm. you know, they were, you know, undershirts for men. And then there was slips for women and camisoles. You know what I find sometimes when I get vintage dresses, they used to have sweat guards. Yes, they did. Under yeah. their arms. <laughs> that, so they, of course, well, again, they would wear it. They would probably just wash the sweat guard, the I sweat guess. Guard. They had other ones. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think these are little things that, that you can, um, everyone can implement in their um, daily, um, yeah, daily lifestyle to actually keep their clothes. You know, I've always, I mean, things were always mended in my house. You know, you Mm -hmm. uh, change up a button, you, uh, you know, mended the zipper, you did this. It wasn't like things were just disposable and you just threw them out because, you know, it lost a button, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, sometimes there are people are like, well, I don't have the same button then replace, you know, a lot of times we replace all of them for new buttons. And it right. looks different and it fits the same size and it looks really good and it looks like a new piece. So these are like little things I think that people could do to actually um, keep their keep pieces their- that they've bought and, you know, and and even their their new vintage pieces, if that's a term, new vintage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good term. <laughs> <laughs> 
Laura, tell us a little bit uh, um, what you think the future of fashion looks like to you. Oh, wow. Well, just kind of, I think everything we're touching on is like going to be the future. It's um, like we said, like there was so much consumption um, going on um, that how much can you? And I, I just think, like we said, the generation is growing up in this um, cycle right now where they are appreciating that. And they do feel that they um, can rewear their clothes. I mean, that's what they're doing. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think the future is, I, I think that it needs to go um, with less synthetics and more natural fibers. Like, are we going to go back to the 50s again and the 40s? I don't know, where you only had like, they had like a few garments. That was it. They had their dress clothes, they had their, work and their play, you know, and mm -hmm. how many pieces they have, they fit in the little tiny closet. An armoire. They had an armoire. <laughs> I have a bedroom that's a closet right now. Right. Which, People have like they, a whole room. They couldn't fit anything into the little closet. My poor that's husband, right. everything shoved into his. Um, that's right. I think, I think you're right. I think it does have a, um, a glimpse of that. And then I think, um, I, I read somewhere something that that is exciting um, in what new synthetics would be, which is they're going to be clean synthetics. Uh, so things that are not harmful when you're they're, they're made that they're so that the resources that, yeah. so that we're not using our natural resources yeah, I can, as, as I much. I'm so out of touch in that aspect of what's yeah, going no. on wise, but yeah, I mean, if they're coming up with these solutions, I mean, of course we're gonna have fresh, new, and the designers are going to have to um, design into that. That's right. And, but again, when we were talking about all the recreation and the artistry that's going on could be the future too, and the collaborating. And I mean, I don't, I kind of don't know that we're gonna go back to department stores and I feel like we're gonna go back to boutiques and little Personal. I do too, Laura. Isn't that yeah. funny? I do too. I have that exact, you know, I said to someone, I feel like um, New York is, you know, do you remember coming into the city? And then it was like, if you went downtown to Soho, it was all about the little designer shops, yeah. right? It was all about like, <laughs> oh, it was so great. Like just, and I feel like it's going to go back to that because that is so unique. And it is, uh, it is, more sustainable that way, you know? So let's hope that our dream of the future is, is the way that it's going. <laughs> um, the last question I wanna ask you before we close this great interview is um, tell me what stylishly sustainable means to you. Stylishly sustainable. Well, again, I, I'm gonna keep going back to this. just wearing what you have, wearing what you own and putting it together in a different way, wearing it with confidence and not, you know, feeling that you have to go and get a new blouse or whatever, just something that you feel like somebody has seen you in already. I don't know. I, or I hear that on Instagram. That's like a thing, like you don't want to wear the same thing twice. I don't know, but okay. make it look different, you know, just like I added this little, um, you can't see me. I had this little lace blouse oh. under the sweater, but maybe a week from now, I'll not wear the lace little thing. You know, or wear a turtleneck or wear a, a exactly yeah so it's so it's just how you put it together and 
you know, make it, don't be following trends, make your own style. Yeah. I love that. I think that was one of the things I, you know, um, growing up, we actually had to do that. Right. And I think these kids today are going to do the same thing. They're going to start doing their own style and people will start getting um, inspired by them. Right. So I think that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Laura, what is it? That'll be great. Yeah. I know that is going to be great. Laura, tell us where, um, where they can find Suburban Revival in person and online. Well, I am located in Maywood, New Jersey. I'm like literally 20 minutes outside of New York <laughs> with no traffic. With no traffic. So yeah, I'm right outside of New York in Maywood, New Jersey. It's a quaint little town and I'm, you know, close to all the major highways. And um, online, I have my website, which is suburbanrevival.com. And honestly, that links you to um, my Etsy shop, my online okay. shop. And I believe it should link you to Instagram and Facebook. But and, it's, and it's Suburban Revival at, at the Instagram as well, correct? It is only, I will, I will mention in Instagram, it's Suburban Revival USA. Suburban Revival USA, perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Laura, thank you so much. It's oh, been such you. a pleasure going uh, down memory lane with you and also seeing yeah. what the future looks like. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing and everyone, thank you for being here and listening to the story of Suburban Revival. Please go visit them. And of course, stay tuned and subscribe to the Stylishly Sustainable podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Laura Calias of Suburban Revival as much as I did. Please follow them on Instagram at Suburban Revival USA or go online and shop at SuburbanRevival.com. But better yet, go to Maywood, New Jersey and visit the shop and shop in person. And of course, please subscribe to the Stylishly Sustainable podcast to get to know more of these great brands. And of course, to get a little bit more of tips and tricks on how to be sustainable one step at a time. Thank you. And I'll see you next time at the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast.